underlyingly, I think that's been one of my superpowers in the last, you know, two decades plus is that I've learned so much and studied so much, paid and invested to become a better learner, whether you're a business owner or a coach. That's a skill set that you should absolutely develop. And somebody will say, well, how do you develop it? Well, listen, if you want to get better at, at shooting left-handed hooks in basketball, what do you do? You got you to put it on the clock and put in reps, you know what I mean? Right. And preferably quality focused reps. Yep. So if I'm looking at your calendar and it's like, you don't have learning, you know, and it could be hands-on stuff in staffs, you know, interning courses, books. But if that's not on your calendar, you're not committed to learning. Hello, and welcome to the Physical Preparation Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Robertson, and I'll be joined the line later today by my good friend and gym owner, Luca Hasavar. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, I want to give you a quick recap of the week that was, what is new in my neck of the woods. As I mentioned last week, it has been quite the stretch at iFast over the last, you know, six to eight weeks between moving in, covering nights, covering mornings. Uh, as you can tell, still fighting off this little bit of a bug. And and I told Bill, I'm like, dude, why am I so tired? And he's like, well, if you think about it, your body's been in three different time zones in like the last six, seven weeks. <laughs> and I hadn't thought of it like that, but definitely, definitely looking forward to a little bit of downtime uh, in the coming weeks. Definitely looking forward to bringing all the final pieces together in the gym. Uh, a lot of the finishing touches are coming together now. Uh, we're getting audio-visual stuff in today. We are getting our jerseys hung yesterday. So agility should be all moved in at the end of this week. Grand opening next Monday. So all kinds of good stuff happening. Just trying to pace myself a little bit better now that I have a little bit more control over my schedule. So that's what's new in the work world. This weekend, kiddos had a couple games. Kate had his first basketball game of the year. Very excited for him. And just, he's got a great team. The head coach was out, so I actually coached this weekend. And it's just a great group of boys. They're very receptive to coaching. They play really hard. And it's just a lot of fun working with them. And Kate had a good game, man. Sometimes he, last year, had this tendency to kind of drift around or he wouldn't pay attention or he'd pay attention for like two minutes and then screw around the rest of the time. But he did a really good job hustling, played some amazing defense, got a couple rebounds. So excited to see how that comes together for him. Kendall had an indoor game this weekend, uh, absolute battle. I had never seen this team before because sometimes with indoor, teams come from all kinds of different clubs. And I don't know where this team came from, but man, it was a brutal game. Just super physical, very intense. The ball like never stopped the entire game. And because of the break, I think it's because of the break anyway, we were down like four girls. So we basically played a 44-minute match indoors with only two subs. So I feel like we were like dragging our girls off the pitch when the game was over, but very proud of them. The effort that they gave, they battled that whole time. And like I said, sometimes when you get in those physical games, teams can kind of get under your skin or they can start to rattle you and just didn't happen. Like our girls played tough the whole game and I was just very proud of their efforts. So that was fun. And it reminds me of something that Josh Lindblom and I discuss in an upcoming episode. So I'm going to foreshadow here for you. But Josh and I had this great call today, and he's a 15-year pitcher in professional baseball. So 15-year career. He's got kids now. And one of the things that he describes sports as is this vehicle for formation. 
So, you know, it doesn't matter so much that you win and lose. What matters is, you know, do you compete at a high level? Do you give your best effort? Do you work well with others? Do you communicate? And I think that's probably the most important thing for me, whether it's with my kids or any of the other kids that I coach, is making sure that they understand like, hey, sure, we'd all like to win, but sometimes you're going to lose. You can't control that. But the most important thing about sports, especially at this level, is starting to grow and build character. So just very excited for both of them, Uh, excited to see what the rest of the seasons bring. And then one other thing I wanted to note, uh, believe it or not, I mean, we are at the end of November. So I am batching all of uh, my podcasts up, trying to put a bow on those, get them ready to go so that the amazing people that produce my show can actually have a holiday break. So this will be my last intro of this nature. Uh, So you will not get any of that until after the new year. So I'm sure I'll be doing other intros, but at the same time, I'm not going to be able to give you the weekly update. So I'll try and give you some food for thought, a little motivational tip, especially as we get into December and approaching the new year. Lots of good stuff happening, lots of stuff to be excited about. Definitely going to be talking about my RTS annual program and online coaching options because I've had a lot of people reach out lately, just unhappy with where they're at or needing some guidance to help them get to the next level. So definitely be talking about that more in the future. But for now, that's about all I have. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump into this awesome episode with my guy, Luca. It seems like almost every day I talk to trainers and coaches who are frustrated. Maybe they're frustrated with the results they're getting. Maybe they're frustrated because they don't have trusted resources to learn from. And maybe they're frustrated because they simply don't have enough clients and wonder how long they'll be able to stay in this industry. So if this sounds anything like you, I've got something that I know will help. My Complete Coach Certification was created for trainers and coaches just like you, who are serious about the results they get and know that becoming a better coach can directly translate to a bigger bottom line. This certification takes the last 20 years of my life's work and puts it all into one massive course. In it, you're gonna learn how to use the R7 system to create seamless, integrated, and efficient programs for clients and athletes of all shapes and sizes. One of the best pieces of feedback I've gotten about the Complete Coach Cert is that people that train gin pop people and people that train high-level athletes and everyone in between is taking something away from the course. You also learn how to create the culture, environment, and relationships with everyone you train so you can get the absolute best results. You're gonna learn the exact progressions, regressions, and coaching cues I use in the gym, from squatting and deadlifting, to pressing and pulling, and everything in between. And last but not least, I've got an entire section on my assessment process and how to use that to write programs faster and more effectively than ever before. Now, of course, there's a ton more that I cover, but that should give you a pretty good idea of what the certification is all about. Now, here's the thing. Spots for the certification only open twice per year for a limited time. If you're interested in learning more, my next certification will open soon. And if you join my free insiders list, you'll be able to save $200 when it opens. To get on that insiders list, just head over to completecoachcertification.com. Again, completecoachcertification.com, and then stay tuned for our launch emails very soon. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope you'll pick up a copy of the Complete Coach Cert when it launches. Luca Hasavar is the owner of Bigger Ground Fitness and Performance in Renton, Washington, and a business consultant to gym owners across the globe. But honestly, that bio doesn't do him justice. 
This guy is always moving at a thousand miles an hour, and he has his hands in more projects and ventures than I can even imagine. Regardless, it's always great to catch up with Luca, and we hadn't talked a ton in the last three to six months, and I think that's going to come through in this episode. Okay, originally, Luca and I had agreed that we were going to talk about coaching. But as you know, sometimes these plans change, and I am all about kind of going with the flow with these shows. So while we do talk quite a bit about coaching, it's not always in the most direct sense. We also talk about why learning is so critical to development, both now and in the future, why you need to choose your mentors and role models wisely, and how to build skill sets that will serve you for a lifetime. As always, the language is a little colorful when Luca and I catch up, so headphones and some quiet time may be the best way to consume this episode. But enough for me, let's do this. Luca, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. Super excited to have you back on. Start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Man, excited to be back on the show. I haven't seen you in, in, in too long. Too long. So this, is, this, is, this is great, man. I'm going to keep it at, because I think we covered it in the last show, definitely a little bit of story, but kind of like what I do now. Yeah. Um, what I do now, we can do a little a little chop of how I got here. But, you know, currently, it, it's like I wear many hats, many, many hats. And I would say to if you ask me what I do, the main thing, I'd say, you know, job description, coach. Right. <laughs> certainly, certainly coach. But um, I own a facility in Seattle called Vigagram Fitness and Performance. We also have one actually in, uh, in Slovenia which we started over 15 years ago now. So in, in some way or another, I've been a gym owner for over 15 years. This one in Seattle has been over 13 years. And we went from actually here in the, in the States, working out of big box gyms for years, getting a little small garage gym, going to a bigger space, going from basically 900 square feet to 4,700 square feet, <laughs> to buying my own building that's 12,000 square feet, which is where we've been now for, I've had a building for about five years, but over four years. So. And that's where we do everything from, we call it team trainings, large group training. We do small group personal training, semi-private personal training, athletes. I also literally just took on a position to be the, the head strength and conditioning coach for the Seattle Seawolves, a professional rugby team, two-time national champs, and uh, the head strength coach of Bellevue men's high school basketball, who are also one of the top teams in, in the state. So, so a lot of that, on, on top of that, I run my uh, company with my friend, Steve Krebs, it's called Yo Grow Your Gym, where we pretty much we have a mentorship mastermind program for, for coaches to build their business. I mean, obviously the, the name kind of says it, right? What do right. you do? Grow your gym. <laughs> but, but it's also for, we got a bunch of coaches that are either independent coaches, uh, do online, hybrid, you know, we do both online and offline. We've got a lot of successful uh, folks in that program. I also, I would say dabble, kind of have a, I own a real estate business, so I own a building that I'm in. We own another apartment building upstate New York. We're working on some really big projects right now that might go through or may not. We'll see, but but it's that. So and then you know and on and on it goes. But everything is kind of wrapped around coaching, really. Yeah. Um, and it's that's where that's my heart. Like that's what pumps the blood to even all the other areas. I would say, and it is absolutely 100% my purpose because, uh, as in the previous episodes we talked about, I was a I was a knucklehead that loved to play basketball. So basketball somewhat saved my life because I was doing a lot of dumb stuff and organized crime and made a decision to move to the U.S. because of that, to kind of get away from issues, but also to pursue, you know, okay, I can play ball and I can still do school. So I spent four years in, in, in the U.S. playing college ball, both junior college, 
and in D2, when, when played overseas for about three plus years pro. And in that time, and the whole time, the whole time I was geeked out about training, by the way, you know, yep. so co- coaching started, like my mom opened a gym when I was 14 years old, like she'd work in the bank half the day, open the gym uh, and I'd hang out there and I was a, I was a scrawny dude. So it was like, I'm not, you know, I'm six foot in my sho- sneakers, but in Slovenia, as you guys know, you know, Luka Doncic is six eight and he's a point guard. I play with right. his dad. So you guys, you know, six foot ain't doing anything is not doing much. Right. And so I kind of got, you know, I got into training when I was 13, 14 weights, like actual, like, you know, lifting weights. Uh, and it did so much for my confidence and my performance. And that's where I underlyingly got hooked into performance. Cause then I, you know, I started reading books and anything I could get on, on sports performance and training to improve my performance for basketball. And, you know, that kept going even in college. Like, you know, I took a business degree, but really I did all these electives for exercise science and kinesiology. Cause I just wanted to know everything about the body. And that's how I got a minor, but you know, and, and that's what led, there was this undertow of, of fitness and coaching. So I would say when I was still playing pro ball, I also started coaching and how that happened was, was kind of interesting. I mean, people always gravitated towards me to ask me about training, right? Because right. I played for, for a team, uh, the division one pro team in Slovenia. And I was about 204, 205 pounds, you know, point guard, you know, five eleven, six ish, right? Like <laughs> yeah. look at me, people are like, all right, this guy's slow. You know, and then I'd I'd be faster than you and then dunk it on you. And the coach was even like, dude, what what do you how, how do you train? What do you train? You know, I was like, nah, I train myself. Like I geek out on this stuff, you know, and and I would they'd actually ask me to write programs for the team. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool, you know, throw throw actually that that team, and this is a long story, but like, you know had problems paying as it is, but I was like, all right, pay me some extra money for it. And they did, but the, you know, guys would get really good results. And that, that's kind of like where it started a little bit, but I went to this gym, Stockholm and people would go like, Hey, like I look at your training. You know, I was doing mobility stuff back then that looked like, I mean, just weird to people. Like a lot of shit right. I was doing like weird to people, right? Like right. I was doing a lot, like we did a lot of kettlebell stuff. I was lifting, you know, heavy doing jumps left and right. And, People were like, what the hell are you doing? I want to, you know, I want to get in your shape. So I started coaching. So I have like pro practice in the morning, go lift weights, train people throughout the day, have another practice in the evening. Barely made any money from coaching, but I fucking loved it though. Like it was, it was, it gave me something, you know, I was, I always say this, that I I know that uh, for a fact that I, what I was doing a lot and I, I spent, you know, almost a decade in some form or another doing dumb stuff, meaning, you know, robbing, stealing, organized crime, drugs, stuff like that. And you know, you don't go home and, and look yourself in the mirror and, and deep down inside go like, I'm proud of that, you know? Right. What coaching did for me is that when I started doing it, it gave me a feeling of like, I would do something for somebody, not really, you know, like I said, I wasn't making much money at all. But the feeling I got from that person leaving the session, like, man, thanks so much, man, I feel great. Or, you know, they, they just lifted a weight they didn't before they did something, they accomplished something they didn't think they could uh, do physically, right? Yep. I just, I got these, like, I don't know. I, it's almost like this addiction. You got, you get a hit of these different chemicals, yes. you know? Yeah. And I got hooked and I, and, and I wanted to do more of it and more of it and more of it. And so that's kind of how that developed. I remember, you know, my, my brother giving me a couple of guys to train it uh, with former soccer guys too. And the first session I trained them, you know, they went to my brother and they're like, man, like Luca's got a knack for this, man. Like, I don't know. He's just, He's like annoying, but he's inspirational and talks shit. <laughs> well, but, and kind of it, it took off. And we, you know, I was started training quite a bit of people. And it was like some of them was friends, some of them was former athletes, some of them was pro, I mean, 
pro athletes that were also doing stuff uh, while I was playing pro ball. And at a certain point in time, you know, I asked, I, I bugged my brother. I said, listen, man, like, I just got, oh, oh th- th- this was a, this was a key too. We, we trained outside in this place called Tivoli. It was basically a park, you know, we'd bring the right. kettlebells with ropes and kegs and there was trails and pull-up bars and logs. I mean, it's pretty dope actually. That's awesome. Um, that sounds amazing. Up. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it's a really, really great atmosphere there. You know, and we'd have a group and it was like two, three people and it went to six and eight and 10. And then we had a couple of groups and, you know, it just kept growing and like, to a degree where people would come by and go like, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and then just watch, you know, just watch the training session. We like, yo, right. come on Friday and try a free session with us. Right. Right. And that, and, and that's when I knew I was like, man, like, and the results were, you know, great. Like people were getting really, really good results. And I, I went to my brother. I said, listen, man, I, we got something here. There's, there's something I'm telling you, like we got to open up a gym, you know, and he kind of was probably for, I don't know, definitely for months. I can be I can be a very very head through the wall person. Yes. So eventually, you know, long story short, I convinced him, and we got a, a it was about a 470 square foot room. Put the, the the sessions in there, classes in there. Started that, and it was what's funny is that like you know the number one at that point in time he was kind of like what Thomas Plummer used to be in industry. He was the number one consultant for fitness, right? And I right. paid this dude like a good chunk of money to have this consultation with him. You know? And he's like, oh, man, I love your fire. It's not going to work, though. It's not going to work. There's no space for this, you know, because there, there was basically zero gyms like that. You know, there was right. no, no functional performance, you know, slash results-based gyms. It was all, you know, clubs because right. he's like, there's just no market for it. And, and to be honest, like at that point in time, there was literally no personal training wasn't a thing that you could do as a full-time job in Slovenia. Right. Right. So you, you had nothing to look at to go like, oh, I can be successful like that guy. Right. Right. But but that gut feeling just kept pulling me, and we opened, and we got we got busy. We we went into like a twenty two hundred square foot spot, I think, and then basically I had to I mean had to leave. Like I got married, my college sweetheart, so that's why I ended up going to Seattle because I mean I, that was a tough decision. But I came here and and started from scratch. LA Fitness, big box gyms, did the hundred hour weeks of coaching. Right. Um, I'm like, hold up, do I still do that? I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I did the path, but, you know, the, the mission and the vision was always the same. Like, you know, open a gym just like we did there. You know, and now, we're, you know, we're going strong almost a decade and a half on two continents. And, I, you know, I, I still wake up and I'm fired about, about what I do, man. Like, that's, I, I think that's important to, to know because there's a lot of, I mean, I do a lot of things. And I, there was a time where, you know, mentors would, even be, you know, like, hey, working uh, on the business, not in the business, which I think is extremely important. Don't take this as the wrong thing. But what I found is I took myself completely off the schedule. So I'd still coach people, um, but it'd be very, very, I pick and choose. There's no kind of regularity to it for about probably maybe two years, right? So still, I'd still have a lot of coaching hours on and off, but I'd just take projects, you know, periods of time. I wasn't really on a schedule. And I, I just found myself being like, ah, but I love coaching, you know, like, right. Why am I not doing the thing that I love doing right now? I can manipulate how much and, you know, so on and so forth. But then, you know, obviously I started doing more of it. Like these last three to four years, I've been like a good chunk of the Seattle Seahawks, you know, Cy Young award winner in baseball. I mean, you name it, but, but, it, but it's like, honestly, majority of the time I'm, I'm training dope human beings that are just, you know, like want to transform in some type of way. I still can't see kind of like myself stop doing that. Right. There's a lot of lot, lot of a lot of goals that I have and they're wild and wacky and we can talk about them. But like <laughs> it's 
I, I still think that coaching is a absolutely, you know, you should be proud to coach. You should be honored to coach. You know, what we do is, is absolutely, I think the most powerful kind of job. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's more of a vocation, but if you look at it as job description, I think it's one of the most powerful things that you can do. So I don't think I kept it short, but let's say it was medium. <laughs> yeah. Medium. yeah. No, but see, like, here's what I love about this. Right. And here's why I was excited to hop on this call. It's like, when you said you want to talk about coaching, it's like, I love it because coaching is in our DNA, right? Like there's no two ways around it. And, you know, like you as a business owner and a coach, I've gotten to see it firsthand. Like for three weeks, we lost a staff member. They got hired by an NBA team. So I worked his shift for three weeks. So I got to hang out with all of his people and I had like a little two week break when we moved the gym and then tall Dave, our morning guy, paternity leave. So now I've been on mornings for two weeks. People are like, Oh, well, you know, are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be like, I've done all of these shifts. And now I get to at least split them up. You know, it used to be just, Hey, here's one day. Now it's split up and it's kind of packed together. But like, well, of course I do. Right. Like people think that just because I train certain people now, or I don't train like all day, every day now that I don't enjoy coaching. It's like, no, like I still love coaching people. And it's been so fun because you get to reconnect. And like you said, just dope human beings. Like I met a lady the other day who worked for Eli Lilly. And one of her jobs was to basically create fake blood that they could use in mammals that they could use. I'm like, how cool is this chick? Like she was so much fun to talk to. Yeah, listen, but, I need her number. And, right. also, and I also need her to put some adamantium in there and send me some vows. <laughs> Just straight, pure Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> I you love it, what, man. You know, you know what I think the conversation to sometimes like I bring this up a lot now, right? And I don't want I don't want to say this generation, this generation, any generation. That doesn't really matter. Like, you know, what are you what are you committed to? I, I'm I'm a very very and I I, I know that I kind of teeter on the line of craziness, <laughs> but you know, being committed to greatness. And I give examples of yes. I, I don't know. I was a big you know obviously big basketball fan, but Kobe as of last, right? Like. So there was a little video that this is a reel that popped up and it popped up in my feed, obviously, because retargeting all day. Right. But but it was Kobe, you know, Kobe having this interview and he's like, well, you know, like, man, I, I get up at like three thirty at four. I'm practicing and I go to six, you know, and then I go home, have breakfast, chill with my, my family a little bit. And then I'm usually going to go again from like nine to eleven. And then I'm going to go again from, you know, like three to five. And then. Right. And he's like, look, after a while, I'm so far ahead of you that, you know what I mean, this compounds, right? If I get up a little bit earlier and I put an extra shift here and then I do this yeah. here and, and it's like, that's greatness, right? Yeah. That's greatness. Now it's also, yes, I, I get it that there's some, you know, sessions there and stuff like that. But, you know, my question is always like, cause people ask about careers and coaching, and, you know, and business and, and things of that nature. And you do, you have to ask yourself, you know, well, how good do you want to be? Because what's happening a lot of times is that people want the results, you know, whether that's, you know, I think those overrated things, but, you know, fame, success, like money, don't get me wrong. I love, love the financial part of it and, and yeah. stuff like that, right? That's security. We help support our families, build our dreams, but, but it's like, oh, I, I want this, but there's a pre, there's a requirement for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a prerequisite for this. It's like an MBA, like I only want to win greatest all time. I want to go into hall of fame. I want to, right. Well, you can't not do the types of things that Kobe was doing, right? Or right. And you could probably go down the list of all the greats, right? And like, point being is there's a requirement for it. And I feel like people aren't really clear and real with 
what that requirement is. Like in coaching, you know, it's kind of like that, like, hey, man, like, you know, first couple of years, I'm going to work hard and then I'm going to work for three hours a day and then I'm going to do some online stuff and make multiple six figures. And like, <laughs> and it's like all right. That sounds great. Cool. It sounds really, really good. So, I mean, first of all, you can't really become great doing that. No. Let's get, let's get that straight. You know what I mean? Like, um, you can't. You cannot. There's, there's always somebody like, well, but no. Just, no. There's not enough deliberate practice. There's not enough hours. There's not enough environments. There's not enough inputs from different types of people yeah. um, that you get to learn from. There's just no way, right? Because like any other skill set, you can become world-class best in the world in a couple of years in anything, yep. right? You can, be, you can become pretty, it's like Tim Ferriss had a, a great podcast about, right? You can become pretty good about certain stuff, like learning it pretty fast. But mastery is a lifetime. If, so if coaching is the thing that you, you want to be like, this is my thing, I'm so damn good at it. And like, I mean, I'm the best in the, you know, best in the city, best in the state you know, at least kind of like top 1%. Right. Those ideas of like, I'm gonna do a couple of years or even five. I mean, that's to me crazy. Right. It's, it's a lifetime of an improvement. And so that was one of the things for me too, that, you know, I'd sit down and I, I journal and write quite a bit and I'm like, man, I, I want to be one of the greatest and whatever that means, you know, it's like people right. will be like, well, how do you even, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's chasing the unicorn. That's the whole point. Yes. You know, that's one yes. of my, my models, like chase the unicorn. But the journey of that is very fulfilling. I, I enjoy the journey. So, so I still, you know, maybe more so than ever, if I, you know, shared my screen, some, some people that are like OCD would probably like lose their, their shit because I got like 44 <laughs> tabs open. I'm going through four courses, you know, I'm reading seven books. Like it's just, it, it's a lot, but it's like, I'm so curious, you know, I'm so curious because the, the more you learn, you just start kind of realizing you don't really know anything. Yep. And, and hopefully that in, encourages you to learn more. It's kind of like the, you know, Simon Sinek, it's the infinite game, right? Once you understand that it's like, it's an infinite game, you, you kind of drop this anxiety of like getting there, you know, right. gonna, there is nowhere to get. It's just constant learning. And, you know, today, because information is vertical every year, you know, like there's something new to learn. I mean, come on, like NFTs, crypto, I mean, blockchain. I mean, it's, it's like, right. right? It's it, stuff is moving at paces. So you have to be you have to be like really open and curious to learn. And I love what Mark Cuban said, you know, they asked Mark Cuban, like, hey, what's, the, what's gonna like dominate the future? You know, who's gonna win in the future? And he kind of dabbled a little bit. He's like, hey, robotic pharmaceuticals are gonna explode and that, but he's like, you know, all that stuff is like all good. But he said, the people that have learned to learn, if you mm, are a like fast that. learner, you will be at such an advantage because you'll be able to like move, you know what I mean? Like you'll be able to shift quick and learn something new and, and, and act on it. And like underlyingly, I think that's been one of my superpowers in the last, you know, two decades plus is that I've learned so much and studied so much, paid and invested to become a better learner that, I mean, I can go, you could today go, all right, Luca, you're going to train um, this team and it's a sport like I've never dabbled in or touched or anything, right? And it's Friday. By Monday, uh, you're going to take over the whole team, Right. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to open up a couple, couple you know, C4s, start <laughs> sipping. And like, I'm going to go through so much shit over the weekend. And Monday, I'll be ready. Like, right. I'll be like, I've got a good framework of this, you know what I mean? Right. And, and let's go. But so I feel like whether you're a business owner or a coach, that's a skill set that you should absolutely develop. And somebody will say, well, how do you develop it? Well, listen, if you want to get better at, at shooting left-handed hooks in basketball, what do you do? 
you got you got to put it on the clock and put in reps. You know what I mean? Right. And preferably quality focused reps. Yep. So if I'm looking at your calendar and it's like you don't have learning, you know, and it could be hands-on stuff, in-staffs, you know, interning, courses, books. But if that's not on your calendar, you're not committed to learning. Like, sorry to tell you, buddy, but it's like, that that's what's real. Like, you know, same thing as if you want to improve your relationship and you don't have date nights and stuff scheduled, you're not committed to improving that. Like, right. it's not on your calendar. You're not committed to improving it, period. And so when when I coach, that's kind of when we where we start sometimes. We go like, man, you're telling me all these things. Let's break down the reality of this. Is it in your day? Are you committing time, energy, and money to, you know, the things that you said that, that really matter? And like I said, coaching for me was that, like, how do I keep getting better at coaching? Well, I got to keep studying it. I, I do that. I think, you know, I mean, this may sound arrogant, but like I said, I am borderline insane. So <laughs> always still studying, going to, you know, I speak a lot now, but like at the seminars I speak, I'm listening to any, everybody and watching everything. I still go to a ton of seminars. Obviously we host probably more seminars here at Vigor than, than any other gym in the country. Yeah. So like I'm constantly like, you know, taking it in. But what's cool about it, right, is that the moment I learn it, I, next day I got clients. And guess what? I got pro athletes. I got I got a, a mom. I got somebody who wants to transform. I got somebody that has spinal fusion. I got, you name it. I got it. So yeah. like, guess what? I'm taking this stuff. Boom, I'm already applying, right? So yes. there's that four-pronged process that I always talk about, right? It's, it's a learn, apply, reflect, course correct. And so, and I think, I think Berardi was said it is learning, doing, becoming, and being right. And I love that. And, and so, because those kind of four that I've mentioned first, it, it goes in alignment, right? First you learn something and then you got to start doing it, right? If you don't do it, it means nothing. Right. Then there's a phase that's like the becoming phase is I would almost call it like conscious competence, right? Like you have to really, like, you really got to try like, Oh shit, remember do this. Do this like <laughs> Right. And then being is like, I, this is just what you do. You've it's done absurd. it so much. It's just what you do. But that process, that feedback loop for me, being in the, in, you know, in the trenches to a like very deep extent is what helps me. I feel like, you know, the learning to learn, learn so much faster because I'll listen to a podcast or an episode or a show, go through a book and be like, wow, this is, this is good stuff. And then I'll come into the real world. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. This is not, yeah, this is this. And then, then I try, and I try not to be judgmental. So, you know, my network now is, is, is pretty crazy. So I can kind of reach out to almost anybody, right? Like an author of a book that I haven't met, I'll get in contact with them. And then I'll try to, for instance, find out what they meant. Or be like, hey, have you, have you, trained, have you trained 20 people in a small group setting? Have you trained 40 kids in a, you know, I'll find out that they don't, right? So exactly. it's like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is written from good, a good place but it, it'll only work in this environment that this person's experienced where it will not work. And I got a gym, I got eight semi-privates over there with two coaches. I got a team training coming in and I got to split it with strength camp. So I got 12 guys here playing in a banding, banging. I got to do conditioning over here. And I got two new people that have never, you know, moved like, so, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. and for most, co what? And then do use this model that you talked about in the book, you know, and it's like, brain explodes right right and that's why the reason why i such a, a fan of of watching you know i love going to other places and gyms and seeing what they do right and i and i like like i said different scenarios and you can learn so much from that and i think it's happening and you can tell me this you know even this scenario of 
me being brought into as a owner operator of a gym, being brought into, uh, I would say, pro sports fields as a consultant, because in, you know, right off the bat, the first kind of month, because we're, we're kind of like in a non-mandatory phase, but I, I was like, yo, we got to start training ASAP. And we can touch on, on, on that if, if you want at some point in time, how unfortunately pro sports teams, they're not, there's not enough year round training and structure and stuff like that, but I'm like, we got to start now. So it's not mandatory. You know, we, we start day one with four people. We're at like 16 to 18 already kind of because of the, the, you know, the quality and, and the buy-in, but we have different viewpoints. I've worked in so many different sectors and worked with so many different people. Like the pool is so much bigger. You know what I mean? There's no blindness. Absolutely. Right. And I, I think it's happening more. So I'm like, guys, listen, we're going to do this. Hey, I'm going to teach you guys how to temper body temper. What's that? You know, all right, let me show you this, right? We're going to do floss bands. So if your ankles are ever like this, let me show you how to do it. And it's just like, wow, we've never done this. We've never done this. We've never done this. So I'm educating, right? On these right. days, come here, do that. So the, the, but the reality is like, you can only do that if you have a wide pool of experience. You're constantly learning. You know, you're keeping that empty cup. And to me, that's exciting. You know, that's really, really, really exciting. It's like a, it's having this kind of like, Childlike curiosity at all times. Yeah. You know, where it's like, well, what are you doing there? Oh, how can we use that? I'm going to try that tomorrow when we do small group. We'll try that tomorrow with the guys. Uh, I'm going to show this drill. And like, as soon as I apply it and teach it, because remember, that's the highest form of learning is teaching. Yeah. And so, you know, take that into account. I, I want everybody that's a coaching here to go think about that when, you know, when you create content, when you learn something new. That's been my superpower. It's like, I'll learn it yesterday man, I'm doing a podcast on that shit today. You know, I'm, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing a right. video series on YouTube. I got, I'm doing an in staff with my team. I'm like going to class and go like, Hey guys, listen, I got this new, new thing. I want to show it. Mary, come here. We're going to have you. I'm going to coach you on it. All right. That's the drill on that station. Go, you know, yeah, man, it's like in 24 hours, like it's still, you know, the, the meal in is still nice and uh, right. absorbing that knowledge. And it's like, and when we're working, and that's how you spin those wheels much faster and just, and just become better at coaching and anything else. You know, it's the Absolutely. same thing because, because like I said, the wearing of many hats and, and you know that like, you know, I'm a business and marketing geek. So I studied that stuff because I, I think it actually ties in exceptionally well into coaching, right? Because marketing is psychology, sales is psychology, it's communication. Yep. And guess what Absolutely. we need from our, our clients? We need buying and we need quality communication and, uh, yep. We, we need to understand persuasion at, at a high level. So I feel like that, that coaches can get re-energized sometimes in their careers, just having a little different perspective around things, right? Because I, I work with so many, you know, gym owners, business owners, coaches, that like, you know, the, the burnout comes up, right? Yep. And I'm burned out, I've been in the industry for X, Y, Z long. And, and I know some of that is, is absolutely the money side and the balance side, obviously learning business, making more money, being able to step back. some those are definitely components to it. But I would say that some of it is also just a, a focus and perspective thing. And, and let me give you an example of this, by the way, like, and I think this was in a book, give and take Adam Grant. Okay. I have to go through a Rolodex of, of books, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but he talks about an example of this teacher. It was super passionate about you know, helping the kids in, in low income areas. This was a Chicago school. It was like one of the worst as far as when it comes to, you know, test scores. And it was also like in a pretty dangerous area. And she goes in and is like trying to make a difference and the change. 
Now, if anybody knows the school system, you know, the system is tough, you know, and it's hard to change the system. So she's working there, working there, doesn't make an impact that she, like she wanted to and starts getting very burnt out, right? Okay. Long story short, story, uh, story short, decides to open these classes on Saturdays, you know, for the kids that want to almost, you know, it's like out of the system. They want to come in, she'll teach so that, you know, they can improve test scores and so on and so forth. Now, here's the thing. How would you, you know, from, from, from the outside in, you go like, hold on, you were burnt out doing five days a week. <laughs> and then you added a day. Right. That doesn't make sense. Burnout went away though, right? It went away because she was doing something that she felt made an impact, got excited and curious about it, right? Was bought in, changed everything, even though yeah. she added time. So I believe that that is a key you know, it, it was for me too. I mean, I've been in this game for a long time. You've been in this game for a long time. I'm not going to sit here and go and tell you that I haven't had ups and downs and, you know, periods of really tough periods, burnout, you know, obviously we've gone through recessions, up and down economies, pandemics, all that stuff. Right. But I promise you, like, I'm as fired up as I've ever been. And if you come to like the gym, I'm not, I mean, I'm sweating, man. Like I'm running, <laughs> I'm sweating. You know what I mean? Like yep. um, I'm working. And I'm coaching, I'm in it. And so th there is this kind of like another way where you shift perspective. You know, you take it, like I said, coming into the business to go, hey, you miss coaching, you miss doing charity boot camps, man, go do them. Right. Right. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, but then now you're not just a strictly a business owner. You know, it's like people like to, to put everything in buckets, but man, I, I don't look at the clock when I'm coaching. I don't think about what I'm making when I'm coaching, you know, and if, if we think about, you know, flow, the book flow about how when yep. we are the most engaged and we're the most fulfilled, right? We have meaning is when we're in flow. Yep. So if you find yourself doing something and like it makes you uh, fulfilled, then maybe you should do some more of that, right? Exactly. And, and not, not just check the box because, you know, XYZ coach was like, no, 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 you got to just be an owner operator and sit on the beach and not do anything, which. Well, and that's fine. Like some people want to do that, right? Like if that's your end goal in this is to run sure. a fitness business, by all means do that. And I think you and I, again, and it's not right or wrong either, right? Like you and I are just yeah. cut from a different cloth in the sense that we enjoy coaching. Eric Cressy enjoys coaching, right? But there are other people that enjoy the business and marketing and selling side way more than they do the coaching side. So if that's how they want to roll, then by all means do that. Absolutely. You know, you know what? Like for instance, I'm in a space now too where, you know, I study mergers and acquisitions and we're working on some projects where I would be very hands off of anything technical, yep. but provide my expertise on the side of marketing sales, you know, joint venture collaborations and things of that nature. Right. Like, so, so in that role, like, yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, even I thought about, you know, the, we put in um, the smoothie bar, fit, fit bar cafe. At first I was like, Hey, let's just do our own smoothie bar. We can have higher profit margins, whatever. And then I was like, what the hell do I know about supply chain of bananas and blueberries? You know, I don't, you know, and what do <laughs> right. I want to, you know, do I want to know that? And I was like, no, you know, like better to lease somebody is doing great work that I believe in that I like their stuff and let's collaborate. You know, we just, yeah. we just got a full-time physical therapy clinic that we, we got in high def physical therapy into vigor. We did PT before, but it was definitely like not consistent as far as schedules. Like now it's like full-time, but you know, I'm already having conversations of like, Hey, we're working on this other project that's involving basketball. Would you guys be open to open a clinic there? Yep. Okay, cool. What nice. about if, and then I'm all already too, like 
even even though this is this is kind of a little bit higher level stuff and but but it's like you know mergers and acquisitions every year unfortunately pre-covid 520,000 small businesses will go out of business but over 80 percent of them never get bought so think about mm. that now most of those businesses kind of maybe or many of those businesses probably should go out of business because they're just not you know they're not doing well and they may be losing money, you know, so on and so forth, right? Like it, it just might not be a good business to for long-term success. Yep. But there's a lot of them that have been in business eight years, 10 years, 15 years, 17 years. You know, it's a baby boomer that wants to retire. It's, you know, there's a lot of scenarios. It, it, it could be like something happened. Like we've said, we've, we've seen where businesses that there's partners and person passes away. The other person doesn't want to, you know, continue so on. I mean, there's right. tons of scenarios, but think about that. That means that over 400,000 businesses pre-COVID, now that number is double, triple, you know, go out of business and nobody acquires them, but they have assets, inventory, buyers lists, social media, like you yeah. name it, right? But the thing is, people just don't know that. So imagine, you know, being able, and, and the thing is, it, this is called, uh, you know, ethical business buying, meaning this business owner would get nothing, but now like you could come in and actually give them something that's that that's fair and it's a win-win situation. But for example, you know, so if it was a complimentary business like massage, spa, PT, right? And you come in and, you know, it's one of the bigger companies. The number one ways that they grow is they just acquire other businesses, right? Yeah. But in small business, you know, unfortunately not enough people think about it because it's like, oh, it's small business. It's not. But, you know, hopefully some of you listening to this will see that that is a, a very, very, great possibility but guess what guess what you got to do you got to learn about it you know right. what I'm saying like you got to right, right. I mean how did I learn about this you know Roland Frazier I, I do stuff with digital marketer a lot you know I'm always in in some courses and masterminds and got coaches and stuff like that and you know but two two things I wanted to to kind of wrap up that point in is you don't know what you don't know okay and just like I'm sure you've heard about you know the FedEx sign you've seen this at seminars right do you know that there's an arrow in a FedEx sign? Find the arrow. You know, most people are like, no, I never saw the arrow in a FedEx sign. If, you, if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you still don't know that there's an arrow in a FedEx sign, <laughs> right? Go check the FedEx sign and find the arrow, right? You, you'll find it and then you'll never be able to unsee it, right? Right. But did you, did you also know, did you know that there's a spoon in a FedEx sign? I did not know that. Oh, snap. And it's actually, a, it, there's actually a point to it because it's a measuring spoon. So it's how, like, that's how they would weigh out packages, you know, so they strategically mm. put it in there. There's okay. also a tire in a FedEx sign. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, you can pause the podcast and go, go find, find it, <laughs> find the measuring spoon, find the tire. And, and, but my point of it being is like, you didn't know that, right? I didn't give you something to focus on, right? The brain didn't, didn't have that frame. Now, now that I should, I'm, I'm like, go find it. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to find it, Right. Yep. And then you'll never be able to unsee it. So, you know, sharing information like this or, or learning about small business acquisitions and, and being able to understand how to actually take over a business, rearrange it, and then in a year or two, be able to sell it for a higher EBITDA and stuff like that. Like, that's what it is. First, you got to even understand that that's feasible. So you got to even, it's, it's like, yo, find the spoon, find the arrow. Right. Oh, shit. Then you're like, oh, shit, it's there. Now I got intent, I got focus, right? Your brain is now seeing that stuff. Yep. Okay. Now here, you know, then of course, then you got to learn how, how to, and then you learn the how to, now it's all about applying that action, right? So 
So it comes back to that learning and, and possibilities. And this is why like I'm so such a curious person, right? Because it's like some of this stuff would blow my mind. You know, I've, I've, I've dabbled, not dabbled. I mean, now I'm kind of like going into commercial real estate. I own the building I'm in, which has been a very successful acquisition. Let's just put it that way. Yep. And then we tried to buy another building, had somebody step out of that. So we, we didn't, but like we're, we're looking at a really big project with some, some partners. But through that process, I go to all, like, you know, when I, when I was buying and doing construction on my building, I went to 100 plus meetings in a year. It's a true story, right? Between, wow. so construction crew, banks, architects, city, uh, my accountants, right? And like, these guys were like, Yo, like, we've never had anybody that's just, you're kind of annoying. I'm like, good. <laughs> uh, and of course, when, it's, when you're putting everything that you've, you've saved and like your kind yeah. of life into something, I'm like, because like, if, if you guys are messing around, it's going to be a problem for you. You know, you, you got to know, you should have some anxiety and pressure that I'm here. Right. But I was like learning, taking, you know, they're like, you're taking notes. I'm like, Hell yeah, I'm taking notes. Oh, when you said that, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Tell me, you know, so they were like, at the, towards the end, they were like, wow, like we like this guy. This dude's like crazy. But in that year plus, you know, I learned so much that now I'm like, yeah, we could do this. We could do this, you know, and, and I have friends that like literally live that world, you know, commercial residential development, yeah, like being able to redevelop and selling it to construction companies, just wild stuff. Once again, the right. arrow in FedEx, right? Like I didn't see the arrow. Now I see the arrow. Right. But now, now the possibilities, think about that. Now the possibilities grow. Okay. And you guys might think that like I'm veering off from this, like coaching a gym ownership thing, but I'm not, it's, this is actually this is what I'm talking about, right? They're like, that could probably get you excited and be like, it can expand the vision, yep. right? Maybe the vision is like narrow and you have a glass ceiling on the possibilities, but it's part of one of my, one of my missions, you know, part in, on the coaching side. I really want to help, man, there's so many amazing people in this industry. Amazing. Like I, I've been honestly heartbroken sometimes seeing people that are so good leave, you know, yep. and they leave because of, I mean, obviously these last two years have been nuts, right? Right. It's like, I'm going somewhere else, you know, more secure. I don't, but like, I, I want to help those folks that are the right folks that are people that we need in this industry to help them like earn more money and like see these things and see these possibilities, right. And build these skill sets because they are skill sets, right. From investments to real estate, to things like that. So that, you know, they can build long-term security. And, and like I said, the, the industry has been notorious for not being great with uh, financial management and yeah and teaching sure. those things i think just in general america let's not even zone in on 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 the fitness industry but the fitness industry is so young that there just hasn't been a lot of that you know and i've been very very well put it this way I've, you know i've been I, I learned a lot in the streets but i'm very also self-taught in many ways you know i hired the best of the best i mean like if there's industry that, that did something like i'm the person that's like you know who's the best and I'm going to invest a lot to learn, learn from them, right. and connect with them. And this is what fires me up because, you know, going back to that coaching part, it's like, you know, these things that I'm learning and the possibilities that I'm seeing, well, they don't, they don't involve me on necessarily a technical level, right? And also, like, I'm partnering with people that, you know, one of the things that, that we're working on right now is to kind of do what I did with Vigor. My friend owns uh, one of the big, biggest basketball academies in Seattle. And, you know, they got 600 kids. And like, we've talked about this for a couple of years. He actually became coach of Bellevue. This, that's why I, I'm the strength okay. coach too, because we collaborate. But is, is buy a big, like big building in that area and turn it into the number one basketball performance center in the whole Pacific Northwest. 
you know, where we put a mini bigger in there, but then there's, I mean, the vision is big, right? Yeah. The vision is big, but, but guess what? Like, you know, we're like, guess what? I got a meeting tomorrow on, I mean, these are, these are wild things that I wouldn't even think that I'd be meeting about, but a 60,000 square foot building, you know, where actually we wouldn't even, you know, 40,000 would be leased to a school and like just crazy projects with numbers that are wild. But guess what? Because I saw the tire and the, the spoon and the, the arrow and a FedEx sign about these things, I can now sit down when there's, you know, an investor and it's like, well, this person would bring this much and he owns all this. And right. And, and you're sitting there and I'm like, yeah, here's what we bring to the table. Here's what we're thinking. Here's the numbers. Here's this, here's that. And the thing is anybody can do it. Right. Because just like Mark Cuban said, if you learn how to learn, right, you, you see what's possible. And like I said, if you learn, if you learn how to learn, guess what? You can go home and study this 30 minutes a day, hour a day in six months. You got knowledge and now you can apply and do these projects and you can pick and choose. You know, you can start small. Like the, the thing that we're even working on right now would never be possible if I never did two deals before that. One was a small one with, with me and Krebs in upstate New York and, you know, obviously this one. And in between having two that kind of fell through, but I was still working on them. Right. right? And so obviously it's just, just like coaching, right? Two people in a semi-private is hard, it's difficult at first, but over a course of time, you practice it, deliberate practice. Now you got five semi-privates in one hour, six, whatever it may be, because your skill set's grown enough to where, I mean, I deal with all the time, right? Get an intern. All right, you're going to coach two people at the same time. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> But it's like, but I see you coaching like seven and teams of 40 people and, and you're just calm and just yelling at everybody and coaching and just, right? And it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a process, right? Yep. Keep Love showing it. up, keep getting better, keep working on it. And then just like 135 pounds on a trap bar used to be scary, but now it's like warm-up weight. Right. It's how everything works. There's physical weightlifting, there's mental weightlifting, there's emotional weightlifting. Like we can practice all those things and get stronger. and I'd love to tell you that it, the, the skill sets that you need to be successful in this industry are narrow, but they're, but they're absolutely not, you know? Right. And, it, and it's the reason why you kind of got to get like curious about stuff uh, and, sure. and put yourself in environments. I mean, one of the greatest things, and you know, Mike, the, the way we met was through masterminds and events, right? Yeah. That's how we met, like uh, almost a decade and a half ago. I don't know, like 13 Yeah, it's years. been forever. 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 In every kind of point of contact that like, and I'll say people that have now become, you know, close friends and mentors and peers and everything else, like that's how it happened. I went and like uh, aggressively seeked out the knowledge. What I really want to share is this concept of, I didn't make these up, but I definitely put them into my toolbox. It's like, I think about two things, okay? One is collecting role models and two is hunting for skills. And, and let me explain that. So, you know, I've done a lot of dumb stuff in my life, things I'm not proud of. And definitely, you know, one of the reasons was because the role models that I was looking at were not the right ones. <laughs> I'll put it this way. I was looking at how they lived their lives, you know, and it's like, yeah, I want to be like that. And it's like, oh, you want to be, you know, Tony Montana. And it's like, now you're going to start doing stupid stuff. And I went through, you know, ups and downs and you name them, but also, I started going like, okay, well, who do I want to be like? You know, who's an aspirational figure? It doesn't have to be one person that's all of those things. What I would find is either in my circle of friends, I'm like, man, that, that guy's like an incredible father, right? And I would watch, and I still do that, even though I don't have, you know, kids yet. It's like, 
how do they behave? How do they operate? How do they work with their kids? And I ask them questions and I take notes and I, I got, you know, I've read through more books about kids and got more notes about <laughs> kids than probably any, any human being that doesn't have kids. But it, it was like, okay, that's aspirational to me. So that's gonna, I'm gonna collect that role model. You know, I've been fortunate to, you know, one of my entrepreneurial heroes is Richard Branson. And it's been, you know, four years ago, I was invited to Necker Island to spend some time with him and the Maverick Group because of some of the, the charity and philanthropic work that we were doing. I won this award. And, you know, that was my role model. And I was able to even better, you know, like see him in real life, ask him questions, connect with him. The, the guy's the real deal. I mean, he is everything that, that, that the books say and autobiographies say. But then once again, I had, he was a role model in business, but especially how he conducts business connected to philanthropy and social work, right? Right. Then you got, you know, I just, I just turned 40 and I definitely don't feel like 40, which is, which is great. Cause, but part of it is because, you know, I, I would look at, okay, who are role models of not just fitness and performance, but health in their forties. Right. And it's like in studying that. So you, you go around and you know, what type of person do you want to become? And you collect role models. And it's kind of like the, you know, the braces, like what would Jesus do is like, basically your bracelets are in, invisible, but they're like, what would this person do in this situation? What would this person yes. do in this situation? Would, right? Okay, social media and like, what, what would Gary Vee do? What would, right? Like, and, and I love it too, because I've, I've really been fortunate because I've been able to spend time with those people. Some of them have become colleagues and I can reach out to. But that's what I think about. You know, like something will be inspirational and aspirational to me. And I'm like, that's going to be a role model for me in that area. And I'm going to think through. And then, of course, like, it doesn't have to be somebody in your circle, right? That's where books come into play. That's what books changed my life because I would read about people and be like, oh, that's how they think. I, I want to see how they're looking at the world with the perspective they have on the world. And so I continue to do this. This is a way of life for me, collecting role models. I see uh, something that I want to be like or need to improve on. And that person will become a, a lighthouse for me, right? And yeah. hunting skill sets is this other side of it. And hunting skill sets is like, you know, you're a coach right now and you're like, man, like, I'm really good at coaching. Like I get people results, I connect with them well, but I just, I got a tough time with getting more people in. I mean, I'm getting referrals, but like, you know, to, to, to grow this business, like I need more. Okay, good. You're going to have to become good at marketing. That's a skill set. Right. You're going to have to go hunt for it. Like hunt for it. Cool. Who's doing great marketing? Study it. Spend like block out two hours on, on Sundays and see what other people that are successful in that field are doing. Buy the course, get the book, hire a mentor, go to the workshop hunt for it, right? Don't be passive. Like you got to be, like I said, you got to think about like, you know, Sparta style, man. You get, you, <laughs> you give you the kid, they give you the spear, go hunt the wolf, but right. don't come back. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. Uh, and, and I do, I still approach that like that. Like I'm wild, man. Like I'll, I'll be like, you know, and my knowledge base in, in, uh, I would say sports and performance is, is, is wide and, and, and deep, I think, but you know, for a second there, I was, starting to train more teams and, you know, really high level elite athletes. And I was like, you know what, I, I need to, I need to brush up on, on some stuff, on speed stuff, on agility stuff, change of direction stuff. Um, I can feel confident in it, but like, I want to be better. Yeah, man. I don't go and do like, I'm like, boom, altis course. You know what I mean? Like boom, uh, <laughs> do everything from, from Derek Hansen, hit him up. Hey, when can you come down and do a speed <laughs> workshop at Vigor? You know, Oh, Lee Taft's got a new basketball speed and agility certification. Boom, yeah. I'm already in it. I mean, it's yeah. like, I'll go through like five, six, seven things. And I'm just like, oh, I'm hunting for that skill set. Yep. And I'll go hard in the pain for two to three months. Not saying I'm not doing anything else, but like, I'll go focused. And, and 
focus, 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 and then guess what? Like, you know, again, I'm applying it on the next day. So if there's something, yeah, you can't do too many things at once, right? You can't go like, I'm going to learn this and this and this and this and this. I mean, I'll, I, actually, I'll say this. The better you become at learning, the easier it becomes to, to study multiple things. Yeah. It's just like anything else. It's, it, honestly, it's the semi-private analogy, right? I'm good at training one person to throw me off. Over time, I can coach four people. To me, that's, that's like, guess what? After this, I got a webinar for, my, for, my, uh, for our business coaching clients. But then I'm shooting a Facebook Live with the physical therapist in-house at high def on knee pain, right? Yep. From after, after that, I coach some clients. Then I literally have to completely shift the hat because I have to go into like real estate mode and how to get money mode. Can we even pull this off? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and, and then I'm going to then I'm going to study like study marketing for about an hour because we got, you know, Black Friday coming up and some some marketing stuff. Right. I mean, that's one day It's going to be four or five different things that I'm going to go through. Right. It, it can be done. But the foundation of it is the learning to learn, yep. you know, being able to process that and, and apply it. And you can't like you can't get really good at this. Now, look, look, I'd have to take you back to me and my teams because. It's really like people will be like, oh man, like you pick stuff up so fast. I was an ADHD kid in school. They were like, they were like, this, this dude's, uh, <laughs> no, there's no bright future for this kid. You know what I right. mean? And I'm always getting in trouble. You know, cops are at school. They're, I mean, it's just, it's bananas, right? Now, the thing is, part of it is like not being able to put my attention into something that, that I care about. Right. But definitely focused would certainly not be the word, right? Yeah. That's far from it. The reason I say that, and two, like I was a knucklehead and I was doing like shitty things. Like you can change. You can change. You can rewire your brain. You can learn things that you, you didn't know how to do before. You know, you can become phenomenal. Like, you know, I put like two decades of my life into basketball. Now, there are limitations there, right? There's limitations to, to height. There's limitations to even if every single day of my life I did everything to the T, even if I took performance enhancing drugs, there's a limit, right. there's a limit to physically what I can do, my vertical, my speed, my conditioning, right? I mean, it's, it's far away from most people, but yeah. there's also kind of like the law diminishing returns, right? Like I've, I've trained my body so much, sure, I could go and do something and, and squeeze out more out of it, right? But there's a limit. Tell me what the limit is to this. Yeah. What's the, what's the limit to, to our mind? What's the limit to learning what's the limit to what we're capable of mentally right i mean nobody knows right nobody sure. knows and i and that's what i loved about you know when i when i chose to which was very very challenging for me leaving pro sports because you know everybody has an identity crisis you do something for two decades and make it further than anybody said, thought you ever would or believed you would and then you shift but that was the thing that for me did i was like look like i want to i want to do something and i want to i want to be world-class phenomenal great one of the greatest yep and I, in basketball i was like look man i, I practice harder than anybody like I, sh I mean like i was wild you know you, yeah. you talk to even some of the nba guys that are still in the league and be you know they'll be like man luke is wild like that dude is, <laughs> like, he'll, he'll chew through a barbell like it doesn't matter like you tell him <laughs> what to do to make it to the nba right. um but it's like there were there just was a limit you know but you know and i made that decision i'm like okay well but coaching like there is no limit. Nope. Like I can be better next year and next year and next year and next year. And in 10 years, I can be better, right? Like I can keep being better forever. You know, and that to me was like, 
almost a drug, you know, the, the contribution part of it, like the giving was very fulfilling and then continuing to get better. And so, which brings me to, I don't know, have you, have you read a uh, Sebastian Junger's book tribes? I actually haven't. I've heard great oh, things about it, but I haven't read it. You got to read it. It's, it's actually not a long read, but he talks about, you know, there's, there's really just three true intrinsic motivators of human beings. They're the three C's, you know, one is competence. We are very, very like, even, even mice are driven by getting better, by the way, you know, when they uh -huh. did the test, uh, which is, which is nuts. But we like, if you get better, you feel good. Yeah. If you get better at something, you feel good. Right. Absolutely. So improving your competence is an intrinsic motivator. Nobody has to give you anything. If you get better, like I hit three out of 10 shots and I hit six, you're going to feel better. It's going to, and it's actually going to motivate you and drive you to, to do more. Yep. So that the whole learning thing and getting better, like it's a, you know, secret of being, having, leaving, living a more fulfilled and meaningful life. Number two is contribution. So, you know, those two were really, really high on the coaching side of things, right? I was like, man, I get to give back. What I was doing a lot of my life was taking, stealing, and, you know, and right. now I get to give back and, you know, and that kind of spilled over into community work and philanthropy. And, you know, we're at like 600 something charity events now. Uh, we have a grand opening with physical therapy on Saturday. Guess what we're doing, right? Charity boot Charity camp, boot BGA. Camp. Yeah. Hopefully as many people as possible, raise a lot of money for Ace Academy. So the contribution part was like, not only am I giving back to clients and like helping, now I get to use the business to give back to the community. I do, you know, I do a lot of work. I, I don't talk about of giving back of, you know, whether it's mentorship, scholarships, you could call them on a you know, ton of speaking and, and free work. It usually involves kids because that's that's really kind of where a lot of my passion lies. But I'm able to do that, that sea of contribution. Number three is connection, which may be the most important, right? And, and that is, like I said, communities, whether it's, you know, connection through fitness. Like I've, you know, some of the best friends in the world, like, man, and would have never met you. You know, I mean, we never right. been the closest of friends if it wasn't for 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 this. And then communities, right? Like we got we got our gym community. In our community, we're, we're uh, I would say, a staple. It was, you give to the community, community will give back eventually. Yes. And I think that's why I'm such a brick and mortar guy. You know, like, I'd never just be online because I need that skin to skin, face to face. I think, I mean, not I think, like, even science tells us that's kind of who we are, right? You take that right. away from people, they get depressed, they get lonely, they get anxious, and they don't do well, you know? And so there you have those those three C's. And, and, Coaching gave me that without me knowing that in theory, right? right? It was like, I was just, I was feeling that and going like, man, like every day I'm learning this stuff. Like I can keep getting better and better and better and better. And that was what was also, I think those three C's underlyingly were what, were what were pulling me obviously into it. Cause I don't think there's any profession in the world where you can do that more than what we do. I really yeah. don't. I really don't. You know I mean? Especially if you're in the business of fitness, right? Because which, I mean, honestly, like at this point in time, everybody kind of is, right? Sure. Because, you know, from marketing, social media, content systems, if you own a, a gym, hiring teams, uh, you know, which obviously means there's a leadership component. You got to be good at communication. I mean, there's so much. But instead of going, there's so much and it's stressful, there's so much to be excited. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's, that's kind of like my, my philosophy around it. I love it. I love it. Well, dude. I mean, we, I didn't ask many questions because you kind of like checked all the boxes as we went, but man, like this was awesome. 
And I had so much fun chatting with you. I know people are going to want to follow you, find out more about you. Where can people go to learn about all of the myriad things that you are doing right now? Man, man, there's a lot, but the main hub, honestly, like a lot, a majority of the things that I put um, is on Instagram. So if you go to at Luca Hosevar, L-U-K-A-H-O-C-E-V-A-R, I kind of share a lot of that there. Uh, I put a ton of stuff on YouTube, actually. I've been, anything that's video, I put it on YouTube. So if you go put Luca Hosevar on YouTube, there's about 1,400 videos if you want to spend the next decade <laughs> going through stuff. Um, I'm relaunching the Vigor Life podcast, which was honestly put on pause because there's so much stuff going on. But it, it, it had grown so much. And when I found out how many people were listening to it, I was like, nah, this is, you know, I got to get back to this. Right. Uh, so on, on iTunes, if you look up Vigor Life Podcast, and actually one of the episodes is with Mike, and it's absolute fire. It's absolute <laughs> fire. It's uh, uh, top 10 lessons from over a decade in, in, in uh, the gym industry. It really is, is, is a really, really, really good podcast. And also we've kind of changed also our coaching to – be able to coach as many, like our, our mission the next five years with me and Steve is to, you know, help 10,000 fit pros basically build a business, not business that they love, but it's, you know, predictable, sustainable, like it can stand the test of time right. uh, that you can build security over time and, and financially. Uh, and we teach, so we have a program there, but it's, if you go to yogrowyourgym.com, you can check that out. Um, really, really proud of what we built. And then we kind of built that throughout the pandemic. We, we shifted gears and uh, made it a lot more affordable to make sure that we can help as many fit pros as possible. Um, and, and something that I'm really, really, really passionate about. Those are some of the places. Uh, if you ever want to check out the actual gym, it's VigorGroundFitness.com. If you're if you're a coach, and I promise you, if you go to that site and you want to steal the template of the main <laughs> site you come to, it's, it will save you thousands and thousands of dollars of investing anybody because I promise you the amount of studying and stuff that I did to build that site the way that it is and it's 4x leads from the last site that we have oh wow just just uh it's it's a mix of story brand I'm, I did some copy I got some of the top copywriters to do some stuff on it it's a it's a mesh of like really good shit for building a <laughs> website so steal it you know what I mean I, I I legit like you know Yoshi Yamamoto said copy 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 and you shall find yourself so like, man, go and mirror and copy stuff that great people have done or that have spent a lot of time putting into it and it's going to, it's going to help you out. So that's a little, that's a little cheat code right there for you guys. I love it, man. Well, I'll make sure I get all the links in the show notes so people can find all that stuff. But dude, again, thank you so much for your time, brother. You know, I always appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. Thank you. my friend that does it for this week's show with luca really hope you enjoyed it like i said up top it's always great catching up with this guy so much energy he's got his hands in so many different things and i know whenever we walk away from hanging out or getting on a call like this i walk away a little bit more motivated a little bit more inspired to go out and do things at the highest level that i'm capable of so if you enjoyed this episode please do me a favor take two seconds out of your day and if you're not already subscribe to the show. I mean, believe it or not, I flashed this on Instagram uh, about a week or two ago, but the show continues to grow. And a lot of times podcasts, 50, 100 shows in, they're starting to nosedive. Physical Prep Podcast continues to grow. It's getting more and more downloads and streams every single week. So I love it and I hope it's beneficial to you. So if you haven't already, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you consume podcasts, hit the subscribe button right now so you know each and every week when a new episode drops. 
So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.